Well, hey, family, how we doing? It is so great to be with you this weekend, and whether you are joining us online at our Rock Island campus or right here at the Bettendorf campus, I am so grateful uh, that you're here. And if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Justin, and I have the privilege of serving the Heritage family uh, as the Bettendorf campus pastor. And I am grateful for the privilege to, to step into the Word of God with you together today on Labor Day weekend. How many of you think it's just crazy that this summer is gone? Anybody? You know, this last week, my daughter, Ava, four years old, started preschool, and, and I found myself just going, what has happened this summer? Like, it's, it's just gone. It was like a, like a breath. Or Monday, I took my son Maddox to his first day of first grade uh, here at Hoover Elementary, and just by way of a moment of confession, uh, his first day was supposed to be the Friday beforehand, um, but we skipped school. And um, just wanted to get that perfect attendance pressure out of the way to start the year. And um, so, but we did. We skipped school, and we actually went down to St. Louis and to connect with my brother and to go to a Cardinals game and Cards fans are like, oh, absolutely. I understand why you skip. And Cubs fans, don't you judge me today. That is not at all uh, what we're doing. But uh, it's crazy. The fall is here. And if you were here over the summer, you know that we as a church family took time to, to take a look at some of the parables or the simple stories that, that Jesus told with spiritual truth. And, and those were deeply meaningful moments for us as a church family. And for me personally, just deeply challenged. But one of the things that I found most meaningful in that series of conversations was actually the artwork that our brothers in Kiwani uh, provided for us in that. Wasn't that great? I mean, it just... It was powerful to, to take a look at the pictures that these men had, had read the parables and taken a look at them and interpreted them and put that onto canvas for us. And I just thought that was such a unique, meaningful way to unpack these parables. And, and by way of an invitation and reminder, uh, coming up in a couple weeks, we're going to have a silent auction on that art as part of our uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary screening at the Rock Island campus. And I invite you to come be a part of that. It's on the 15th. It'll start at 6 o'clock, doors open at 5.15, uh, but part of that night will be this silent auction. It's actually been kind of fun to, to listen to people banter about which pieces of art they want, and, and I'm not sure, but I'm pretty certain there's going to be some arm wrestling and like some physical, full-body silent auction moments, so you may just want to come for that entertainment. I don't know, but, uh, but that's going to be part of that evening. All the proceeds from that art uh, will actually go to, uh, to further our ministry to those and the incarcerated, uh, both brothers in Kiwani, but also men and women at Rock Island County. County jail, and so, uh, so the money goes toward a significant cause, but one of the other things we're going to do that evening is actually watch the Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary, which is kind of a behind-the-scenes, up-close look at Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and it takes a look at how a children's show ultimately became a vehicle to help shape cultural conversations uh, that were happening in the day, and so I encourage you come. We're going to have moments to watch the documentary, the auction. We're going to have time to talk around tables, and it's going to be a really great opportunity for us to gather as one church family in one location. And so uh, there's child care available. I encourage you to come be a part of that. Actually, if you noticed at the beginning, I didn't welcome our brothers in Kiwani because this weekend they're actually going to watch this documentary uh, as part of the family, the first one to step into it. So kind of a, a really neat uh, deal. So come be a part of that. Um, but I'm going to tell you, as we jump into the Word together today, that uh, be right up front that this is, our time's going to look a little bit unique. In fact, you know, we've already worshiped and engaged through music. We're out of message. We're going to take communion together. 
we're going to take some targeted time to pray over our fall realities and what we sense God wants to do through us collectively as a church, uh, but even individually, the things that you and I are asking God to do in us uh, this fall. And so we're going to take moments to do that, but even our time in the Word is going to be a little bit unique. Um, you see, there's moments in our lives where it's important that we hit the pause button and we step back and we simply reflect, right? This is important in our lives. It's important in our, in our families, in our businesses, those of you who are part of businesses, to every once in a while to step back and to pause and to simply reflect. These, these are moments that are recalibrating moments where we remind ourselves of what our mission is or our vision or our goals or, or what we hope to experience and live into. And then we ask questions about how we're living and functioning today and see if, if what we're doing today is ultimately going to lead us to experience that. It's true for us personally, even, you know, in our, our financial world, to take moments to pause and to reflect and to recalibrate. It's, it's true on the work front and our marriages, but it's especially true in our spiritual relationship with Jesus. You see, if we're going to fully live into all that God desires for us, all that he's wired us for, we have to take moments to go and to reflect and go, am I living in a way that's going to position me to experience all that God has for us? And that's a little bit what, what we're going to do together today as we engage uh, scripture. Now, when we were planning this uh, this weekend months ago, uh, our heart and our intent was that this would be a campus weekend with Pastor Steve Abel uh, facilitating this discussion at the Rock Island campus and Will Bettendorf, you were going to be with me, okay? And, um, but the coolest thing happened uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago, where Pastor Steve and his bride Amber, who have been on year long, years long journey, seven, eight year journey uh, to adopt a little girl from Haiti, finally got the call that they could come down and pick their daughter up and bring her home. How awesome is that? Right? <laughs> And so the good news is, is that Antonise is home. She's in the state. She's adapting well. The Abel family is doing great. And I'll tell you, I love when families are willing to stand in the gap and to welcome kids into their home and to adopt them or, or to foster children. I just, that never gets old. And that is amazing what the Abels are a part of. But what that tangibly means for you, Rock Island Campus, is that you're stuck with me today. Um, and so if it's helpful for you, you may, as you're listening to me or watching me, just um, envision me as... Uh, much more fashionable, uh, quite a bit skinnier. Uh, imagine that I have every hair perfectly placed and I have my non-negotiable skinny jeans on and you will know that I am, that you'll feel right at home uh, if you're missing Steve today. So, but hey, one of the things I love about scripture is that from cover to cover, from the beginning of the book of Genesis all the way through Revelation, God's heart for his people is abundantly clear. In fact, from the first moment that Adam and Eve take a breath to the moment that uh, sin enters mankind, all the way through the pages that follow in which God begins to unveil his redemption plan for mankind, all the way through Jesus coming, God's love for his people, for, for you and, and for me, is incredibly clear. In fact, as you move through the pages of Scripture, you see God communicating and inviting his people to live into the fullness of life, with lives marked by abundance and, and significance and, and vitality. 
I mean, think about over the last couple months as we've taken a look at some of the parables that Jesus shared. It was Jesus came and, and he shared stories that resonated with everyday people. These were things that they'd interact with on a daily basis. And he used those examples so that they could hook into and, and understand significant truth that, that if they lived it out, it could transform everything about their lives. And, and the same is true for you and, and for me. You see, God's heart for us as his people isn't to, to wander aimlessly through this life, but rather his, his desire for us is that we would indeed experience the fullness of life with him and in the context of community with the people that we do life with and, and to be part of the story that he's writing. You see, another way to say this that maybe is a little more accessible for you and for me is it's just this truth that, that God wants you. He wants you and I to thrive not just survive. God wants you to thrive, not just survive. Now, this isn't just true in, in one area of your life or, for instance, spiritually in your relationship with him. God wants you to thrive in that area, but, but God wants you to thrive in every single area of your life. He doesn't just want you to go through the motions. He, he wants you to thrive. In fact, that's why Jesus came. If you're in a space this weekend and you're not quite sure what you think about Jesus or you haven't been around church, you're not familiar with scripture, uh, what we're going to see in John chapter 10 and verse 10 is Jesus literally tells us why he comes. And for those of us who are maybe familiar with scripture, let this be a reminder that God wants you to thrive, not just survive. This is what it says in verse 10. Jesus says this. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is saying, listen, there is a very real battle taking place right now. And the enemy's job description is to steal, kill, and destroy in the midst of your life. But listen to why Jesus came. This is his words. He says, I have come that they, that you and I may have life. And not just life, he says, but to have it to the full. You see, God wants us to thrive, not just Survive. In fact, as you look at this verse, um, the language uh, that Jesus uses, uh, the New Testament is written in Greek, and, and the word that Jesus uses here for life is significant. Because throughout Scripture, there's primarily two words that are used for life. The first is the Greek word bios, bios, which think biology, right? In fact, do me a favor right now. I want you to turn to your neighbor and smack them on the arm and just make sure they're breathing. Do that for me right where you're at. Great. Yeah, some of you are pretty aggressive. This has been a great start. <laughs> right? But, but here's the reality. When you smacked your neighbor or punched them, as some of you just did, I saw that, if they're breathing, that means they have bios life. They have breath in their lungs, blood coursing through their veins. They're, they're perspiring. They have life, bios. If somebody next to you isn't breathing, please raise your hand and our life safety team will come, all right? But, but bios isn't the word that Jesus used. In fact, when Jesus says, I have come that they may have life, he uses the word Zoe. And Zoe is this, this word that literally means abundance or, or with vitality or the fullness of life. Jesus is saying, I have come that you might have Zoe life. Life full of, of the fullness of all that God desires for us. Because the truth is, God wants you to thrive, not just survive. And we see examples of this all throughout Scripture in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, there's a guy by the name of Abram. Anybody heard of Abram? Becomes Abraham, right? He's going through his everyday life. He's, he's living with his family. He's doing his normal thing. And, and then there's a moment that he hears the voice of God invite him to go to a place that he'll show him. And Abraham, 
obeys. He steps fully into that and moves from bios life into this zoe, this, this life full of vitality, and ultimately has had a ripple for generations to come. In fact, today, if you're a follower of Jesus and you have faith, the scripture says that you are a child of Abraham. It's awesome. But you see an example of how God doesn't want us to just survive. He wants us to thrive. Flip to the New Testament. There's a group of guys that we call the disciples. Some of us are familiar with them. And, and these are men, some who were fishermen and going about their average, you know, throwing nets in the water. Or they were tax collectors sitting at the booth, just going through their everyday, ordinary bios life until they encountered Jesus. And when they encounter Jesus, their lives are radically transformed. And they literally become part of the greatest story ever written. One in which, because of their faithfulness and their obedience, their stepping into Zoe life has resulted in you and I worshiping Jesus as the King of kings, Lord of lords, thousands of years later on the other side of the world. God wants you to thrive, not just survive. There's a story in Luke chapter 8 that I think is a really great example of this. It's not in your outline. I'll have a couple on the screen. But I encourage you this week, go back and look at this story. And, and it starts in verse 26. And in the moments leading up to this story, Jesus and his disciples get on a boat and they begin to head to the other side of the lake. Right? They're riding along in the lake and all of a sudden this massive storm comes. The wind and the waves are just battering against this boat, just rocking back and forth. Their lives are in danger. And, and who remembers what Jesus is doing? He's taking a nap, right? And so the disciples go to him. They shake him. They're like, what are you doing? Wake up. Get up. And Jesus stands up. He wipes his eyes and he looks at the storm, the wind and the waves. And he says, be still. And guess what? They all stop. How many of you would be freaked out? Anybody? Just me? So that all happened before we get to verse 26. Because if the disciples had just had a moment to catch their breath, now the whole of the ship is coming onto shore. And just as it comes on, this man starts running from the hills toward Jesus and the disciples. And to give you an accurate picture of what's going on, this isn't Steve Abel running through the beach with wind just glistening through his hair. That's not what's happening here. What's happening is this man is running from the hills, screaming at the top of his lungs. As he gets closer, the disciples would have seen this man was just filthy. His, his hair would have been matted to the side of his face. And, and he was running. Scripture says he was naked as he came. As he got closer, they would have seen the dried blood on his arms and on his legs from where Scripture said he had been cutting himself with stones. They would have seen the shackles along his wrist and his ankles where the authorities tried to subdue him, but only for him to rip them off and to go run into the tombs once again. This man that was running at Jesus and the disciples as they entered the shore was the very one who, who families in the nearby towns and villages were scared to death of. This was the one that as they were tucking their kids in at night, they would hear his blood-curdling screams as he ran around the tombs. I mean, this was a, a man who was experiencing bios life, but was incredibly miserable. But listen to what happens. That all changes when he encounters Jesus. See, this man runs up to Jesus, and literally in a moment, in an interaction, Jesus transforms this man. This man moves from a bios life and takes steps toward a Zoe life, a fulfilled life, a life in abundance. Look at what happens in verse 35. A group of people that saw this took place ran back into the town. They were freaked out. They called the townspeople to come take a look at what had happened. And look what happens in verse 35. It says, when they, the townspeople, came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out. They found him sitting at Jesus' feet. No longer was he running around like a crazy man. 
They saw him sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed. No longer is this man naked and crazy. He's dressed and he's sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind. He's not screaming. He's not yelling. He's not wild. This man is dressed, sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind. And it says, and they, the townspeople, were afraid. I don't know about you, but I'd be afraid. (laughs) That this man that has terrorized me my whole life is now sitting at the feet of this, this guy that just transformed him. I mean, it's an incredible story, isn't it? of a man who had Bio's life, who, who was alive. There was breath coming out of his lungs. There was blood coursing through his veins, but he was miserable. It's a great example that Jesus came so that we could thrive, not just survive. The story goes on and concludes the townspeople are freaked out by Jesus. They, they ask him to leave. So Jesus is getting into the boat and, and he's getting ready to leave. And this man that had encountered Jesus, whose life had been transformed, asks Jesus and begs him, please, can I come with you? But I want you to listen to what Jesus says in verse 39 to this man. He says, no, you can't come home or you can't come with me. He says, rather, return home. Return home to the the family and the relationships that you've been estranged from for who knows how long. Return home to the people that you have isolated yourself from, the people that you have terrorized, and return home and restore those relationships. He says, return home and tell them how much God has done for you. Jesus says, go restore what was lost and broken and live out what I've wired you and created you for. And scripture says, so the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. You see, God wants us to thrive, not just survive. Jesus crossed this lake for this one man. Jesus got in the boat and endured the storm for this one man because there was one man who was living in misery, a bios life, and he wanted him to experience the Zoe, the fullness of life. And so the natural reflection point for you and I today is is simply if, if this truth is reality, if God wants us to thrive, not just survive, let me ask you today, are you thriving? Are you thriving? You see, one of the beauty of taking moments of pausing and stepping back and, and reflecting and reminding ourselves of what is true, this truth, and asking questions like, am I thriving, is, is it allows us to get a, a greater reality and a clearer picture of how we're really doing. But in, only, in order for that to work, we have to be abundantly transparent and honest. And so what you're going to see on your outline uh, that, you, that you received on the way in are, are three uh, scales. And specifically, what I'm going to invite you and I to do today is to, is to reflect on three specific areas of our lives and, and how we're doing. And if we're, we're really thriving in these areas of life. Now, we could have done any number of questions here, and there may be more that you want to reflect on. But I want to highlight just three areas of our life. And, and they're significant. Because throughout scripture, from the front cover to the back, these are three themes that we see that that God consistently inviting his people into thriving in the midst of. And so what you're going to see is these scales. And and I invite you to take your pen and to mark an X where you'd identify or how you would evaluate yourself today in these three areas. You know, one being on the left side of your scale where it's white, one being not so much, and, and 10 on the other side where it's darker, where I'm thriving today. And so the first area that I want us to just reflect and invite you to do right where you're at is, is simply a relationship with God. 
your relationship with God. And let me, let me ask you today, how is this relationship for you? Questions like, do you know Jesus? Have, have you, like the man in Luke 8, encountered him and had your life transformed by him? Or maybe answer the question of, when's the last time you felt God's presence in a tangible way? Or maybe ask questions like, is your life full and marked by God's joy and his love and his peace? And is it marked by his kindness? Ask the question of yourself and, and honestly and transparently reflect on, on when's the last time you just spent time with him consistently, whether five minutes or 10 minutes in, in his word or in prayer. I mean, how is your relationship with God? Invite you, mark an X right there on the scale and, and then consider right where you're at. Where were you a year ago if you, would have, if you would have evaluated yourself? Over the last year, are you moving toward thriving in your relationship with him? Or are you in a place this week, if you're honest, where you're like, you know what, maybe I'm not as close as I was. How's your relationship with God? Secondly, how about your relationships with others? Your relationships with others. I mean, are you doing life alone today? Are you isolated I mean, if you're married, how healthy is your marriage? Or if you have children, what's your relationship life with your kids or, or your grandkids? Or think about the relational dynamic in your workplace or in your neighborhood. I mean, is that healthy? Is that thriving? Is that good? If you go to the store today after walking out of service this weekend, is the people that you know when they see you, are they going to come towards you? Or are they going to trip over their feet trying to get away from you? Right? How are your relationships with others? Thirdly, answer this question. How are you doing in regards to living out your purpose? Living out your purpose. I mean, maybe answer the question, do you know what your purpose is? Or are you using the unique ways God has wired you and gifted you and the abilities he's given you to, to impact others, to see his kingdom expand wherever God has positioned you? Are you adding value to people? Or perhaps maybe there's an area in your life today where Holy Spirit has been stirring in you and you haven't, you haven't quite stepped into that area. And today's the day where you go, oh man, maybe I'm not thriving like I know God desires of us. Answer those. How, are, how would you rate yourself today in the areas of your relationship with God, your relationship with others, and living out your purpose? Now here's the beauty. What is true is that God wants you to thrive, not just survive. So when you look at those scales, the reality is, regardless of where you rated yourself in that one to 10 scale, Jesus's desire for you and for me is that when we rate ourselves, that we could say 10, 10, 10. Now, don't be discouraged in that today, because here's the beautiful news. The promise of Philippians 1 that, is that he who began a good work in you will see it too to completion the day of Christ Jesus. Like, that's really good news, and God wants us to thrive. But our role in this is that we have to put ourselves in position for him to do his work in us. And so what I'm going to ask you to do right now and invite you to do is right where you're at, I just want you to, to take your pen, look at the three that, things that you have identified yourself and just simply identify, here's the one thing this fall of these three areas that, that I want to I pursue growth in, that I want to move toward thriving in this fall. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to take your pen and to circle that on your outline right now. This is the area where you're saying, you know, here of these three areas, this is the one that I want to pursue growth in and move towards thriving. You see, one of the beautiful things is when we reflect, we can define reality of where we're at, but it's what we do out of these moments of reflection, what we end up, how we end up living differently that makes a significant difference. 
And what you're going to see is next to each one of those is there's a number of icons. And I put those there because these are potential next steps for you and what you identified as, as the area that you want to grow. And so in pages two and three of your outline, you can have more information. But I want to take a moment just to talk through some of those uh, to give you some handholds on what you could step into this fall, understanding that God wants you to thrive in all of these areas, not just survive. And so for those of you who circled relationship with God, I'm not going to ask you to, you know, raise your hand or anything like that, but there's a number of spaces for you. First and foremost is you may be in a place today where you walked in the doors and you don't have relationship with Jesus. And what I want you to know is that just as Jesus got in that boat and he crossed that lake uh, in Luke chapter 8, for that one man, he stepped out of heaven and came to earth to bear your sin and your shame. He died for you. And today can be the day that just like that man, you encounter him and your life is radically transformed. Where you move from bios life to Zoe life, not just in this life, but for eternity. Amen? And maybe today that's for you is your decision. That's your step. But for others, I want to invite you to an environment um, that's called Explore Relationship. Now, Explore Relationship is a great, great environment for all of us who have said, this fall, I want to I pursue thriving in my relationship with God. And uh, it begins on September 22nd. It's at the Rock Island campus. It's six weeks long. But it's in this environment that we'll begin to take a look at what is the story of God? Like, what is our story in relationship to his? And we look at these ideas of what does it mean to read the Bible and, and to pray? Like, those are foreign concepts. How do I do that? This is a great environment for you to step into. And, and I wanted to give you a glimpse um, of what this experience is like. And so you can hear from some who have walked that journey already and then invite you to be a part of that. So check out this video. The very first class, it was a really um, wide opening for me and my husband um, because after we left here and we understood that we need to know God's story and understand our story and how they tie each other. When we got home, we sat down and we talked for hours. And when I mean for hours, it's three or four hours. We talked to each other like we've never done before. Really knowing uh, how to tell your story and knowing what your story is all about and then and then that it was it's for somebody else and that your story is not over at all and it's still being written. So probably my favorite part of this whole Explore Relationships was the week that we talked about the life rhythms um, and how there's people that are daily people, people that are weekly or monthly, or people that are seasonal. And realizing that I was a weekly, monthly person really uh, gave me a lot of freedom in realizing that I don't have to be so structured as a daily person because that's not my personality and that's not what works for me. Sharing our lives with the people around my table and, and just um, finding out who they are through um, prayer requests, through our discussions around the table, and um, just getting to know them better. Explore relationship may be a good next step for those of you who say, this fall, I want to I move into thriving in my relationship with God. Now, some of you have children, and, and this may be a great opportunity for you to invite them in as well as, as our Kids Midweek program uh, kicks off at both our Rock Island and Bettendorf locations. And this is a great space for our kids, not just us as adults, but to grow in their relationship with God and with others. And so if you circled relationship with God, I encourage you to step in 
into one of these environments. For, for those of you who said, you know, I want to I wanna grow and move toward thriving in my relationships with others, um, I want us to understand that many times our relationships are deeply impacted by, by trauma that we've navigated and woundedness that we've incurred in, uh, occurred in relationships. And this could have been in the last year, could have been the last decade, two decades ago. But the reason uh, that we understand that and want you to move into thriving is the reason why we provide support groups. Support groups are environments like divorce care and divorce care for kids. For those of us who have walked the divorce journey, you know it's deeply wounding. It's difficult, not just for us, but for our kids. And, or maybe you've walked through the loss of a loved one and we provide an environment called grief share. And, and these are moments in our life that are deeply hurtful and they don't just impact small circles of relationships. They have ripples into all of our relationships. And so whether it's grief share, divorce care, chemical recovery, we have support groups for single moms or, or one with uh, and a partnership with the National Alliance of Mental Illness where we provide space for family members who have loved ones with mental illness to, to come together and to, to, to support one another, but to learn tools so that they can function in a healthy way. So maybe for you, your best next step in relation to others is to jump into a support group. We also have learning groups. And these are, these are environments where they're short-term, four to eight weeks, where, you know, we gather and, and across our campuses to, to learn a specific thing. For instance, if you're married today, we have an environment at the Bettendorf campus. It's called Game Changers, the Kindness Challenge. And this may be the environment that your marriage needs to move toward thriving. Or we have financial peace that's available for those of you who are walking the financial journey. Or we have an envi uh, environment at Rock Island campus for those of you who are parents. It's called the Art of Parenting. And it's the idea, like, we have these children. My four-year-old's right up here. And, and they're so cute when they come out, aren't they? And then you're like, what do I do with this thing, you're right? And so that's the heart be behind the art of parenting is that you can learn what it means to be a parent that is investing in your kids so that they can thrive in the context of life. We have learning groups and then we have other environments that are called life groups. And these are environments that meet in homes and coffee shops and libraries and all across our cities with, with the intent and purpose of, yeah, they're, they're doing life together, but they're also engaging scripture. They're journeying this life together. And that may be a space for you that you can work on your relationships with others, connect with other people. And we have environments for those who are single and those who are married. We have environments for young adults and, well, seasoned adults, right? Um, we have environments for, you know, those who are, who are you know, younger with kids kids and those who are young without kids. I mean, we have all kinds of environments, but these are spaces for you to connect in relationship with others. And so if you've circled that relationship with others, I encourage you to, to, to pursue or consider some of these environments. And, and for those of you who pursued the, um, the want to lean into the thriving of the fulfilling my purpose in life, I want to invite you to in a gathering called Discover Serving here next Sunday uh, at both our Rock Island and Bettendorf campus where uh, it's just an hour and a half long, but it's a space where you'll, we gather and we talk about how God has created us to give ourselves away to be part of the story that he's writing. And, and we look at how our personality and our passion and our position all uh, intermingle and kind of give us a clear idea of what he has wired and created us for. If you're in a space where you want to lean toward thriving and, and living out your purpose, we also have a number of what we call serving groups uh, that serve all over our body. These, these are groups that include uh, weekend campus teams, uh, for instance, like what happens down in Heritage Kids on a weekend and week out basis. And what I love is what God is doing in the midst of our children's ministry is incredible. And it all is tied back to men and women who are saying, listen, I'll make myself available. I'll let God use my gifts and my abilities to transform the 
the lives of our kids. And I'll tell you, God is doing, and it's making a difference in this generation, but in generations to come. It's a powerful thing that God's doing down there, but it's tied to individuals like you and me are saying, sign me up. I'll make myself available for that. Or, or maybe for you, you want to be part of our campus uh, host teams. These are the men and women who are at the doors when you, you the greeters and ushers, when you come in on a weekend, they're the ones that you like come up and they're high-fiving you and you're like, those people have drank way too much caffeine, okay? Like, but, but here's why they're important. God has wired them to help set the tone or to create the environment in which people, you and I walk through the doors and from the moment we hit the door, we're like, those people know me and they love me. And then we come into a worship center and we hear about a God that loves us. And you can see how God has wired those individuals and how they're part of the story that he's writing. And so that may be for you or, or perhaps the Holy Spirit has wired you and stirring in you to be a part of our ministry to the incarcerated, whether at Kiwani, uh, as we send teams of men week in and week out who facilitate services or men and women who go to the Rock Island County Jail. One of the things I love is that and since January 1, check this out, we've had 20 inmates make first-time decisions to follow Jesus at Rock Island County Jail. I mean, how awesome is that? But hear me, it's because there's a group of men and women who said, I'm willing to live out my purpose in the context of that ministry. Or maybe you're in a space today that the Spirit will stir within you to use your gifts and your abilities to, in our partnerships with Jefferson Elementary and with Thurgood Marshall. You know, we do things there like food pantries and after-school programming. We have teacher encouragers who once a month write a note to a teacher just to tell them you're making a difference. Don't give up. I got your back. Or those who love to bake and they, they send baked goods in on their in-service days so that teachers can, can have like amazing food that I'm a little jealous of while they meet, right? And, and that may be for you. Or maybe you're in a space this weekend where you are one of those early risers that I just, the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, right? Like you jump out of bed like the day is here and that's the Esperanza bus stop may be the fit for you where we provide space at the Esperanza Center every single morning at 6.30 in the morning for kids who are getting ready to go to school. And this is a space for you to live out what God has wired you for, to be part of the story that he is writing in the lives of those kids. You see, whatever area you identified this week that, that you sense that you want to move toward fullness and thriving in, Whatever that area is, I want you to know that God wants you to thrive, not just survive. In the beauty of these moments of stepping back and reflecting and then looking at how now do I live? What decisions can I make today so that I can step toward thriving so that a year from now, I'll be in a different place? My ask of you is to whatever it is that you circled to pursue your next step. In fact, what I'm going to invite you to do right now is, is to grab uh, one of these connection cards that are in the seat back in front of you. Uh, these are new connection cards that uh, we, just, we just haven't uh, rolled out this weekend. And, and we as a church want to be more effective in communicating with you and giving you tools to communicate with us. And so part of that was uh, new connection cards that enable you to communicate, have more space to write. And, and so I encourage you right now and invite you to grab this, grab your pen and begin to fill out the side that says connection card, whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for decades, I want to invite you to do that. But then on the back side, which has a blue banner on top that says next steps, there's an area down at the bottom where it says other. It's a white box. And what I want to invite you to do right now is in that white box to write the answer to this question today. And the question is simply, what choice do you need to make today 
so that you can thrive tomorrow? What choice do you need to make today so that you can thrive tomorrow? You see, the beauty of these pause moments is that we live differently as a result so that we can fully experience what God desires for us. And on this card today, I want you to write, here's the choice I'm making today. For some of us, it may be that today's the day where we step into relationship with Jesus. And I'll praise God for that. Or for others, it's, hey, I'm going to attend Explore Relationship. Or, or maybe it's a serving group that you're interested in being a part of. Or a learning group in your marriage. You're saying, put me in Game Changers. I, I need that environment. What I'm asking of you is to write one or maybe two things down. And know that you can do two, one of two things with this. You can drop it in the, the bucket as we receive our tithes and offerings later in service. Or go down to the next steps area with this. And they'll get you information uh, about that environment and get you registered. But here's the deal. What choice do you need to make today? So that a year from now when we talk about this, that you can say, you know what? I'm thriving. God doesn't just want us to th- survive. He wants us to thrive. So as we step into this moment of prayer, I encourage you, write your answer to that question. And know this as we close today, that you are loved, that the creator of the ends of the earth cherishes you. In fact, scripture says he rejoices over you with dancing and singing. And know today that God wants you and I to thrive, not just survive. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for that truth. That throughout the pages of scripture, your heart for us is clear. And even today, Lord, that you desire that we thrive in every area of our life, in our our relationship with you, God, in the context of the relationships with those around us. And, And Lord, we are grateful that you long to include us in the story that you're writing in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our workplaces, in these cities. And God, my prayer for each of us today. As we take a moment to reflect and and to consider how to move forward, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would clearly lead, that you would guide, and that you would find us faithful to be a people who are marked by our eyes being focused on you, Jesus. That just like that man in Luke chapter 8, God, that we would encounter you, that our lives would be transformed, and that we would move from just living a bios life to a Zoe life, one that is full of the fullness of God what you desire for us. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen.